literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. Welcome back to the show. We appreciate you tuning in. I'm J.B. Hager. And I'm Michael Barnes. And this is Austin Found. And it's so funny when you think about how new this city is. Like, everything's everything's just brand spanking new almost, except for the state capitol building, mm-hmm. right? You know, what was old, we've already torn down, and new stuff's going up. So you don't think about castles <laughs> when you think of Austin. And the fact that anything resembles a castle right. here, as young as this city is, is odd. Mm. Now, there are several around town. That's right. There's one downtown. That's right. It's fun to think in your head where the ones are in other neighborhoods. Like, for instance, in Hyde Park, it's the... Elizabeth Ney Museum. Which we've talked about on a previous episode. Which was the uh, studio of the sculptor. Uh, The one in Old West Austin is the uh, the military tower there, where the old military institute was, Castle Hill. On Castle Hill, where we all... Right. Yeah, that's... uh, You could see that from Lamar. Right. Up on the hilltop. Glance to the west, and you can't miss it. And then there's one in Pemberton. There is one in Pemberton, which was the original real estate office back in the 1920s for mm. the neighborhood and then for a while it was it housed the waterworks for for the neighborhood really and then it was much later purchased by filmmaker rodriguez and his oh, he and his did. family lived there i didn't know that they That's may still live there i don't know oh interesting gotta it, live in a it's castle a, it's got a lot of character <laughs> yeah it does it does but the downtown one is it the oldest of those it has to be right yeah, in terms of the original structure, the original structure was 1874. It wasn't castle-like then. Mm. The castle-like, the first family that owned it north built it above Little Shoal Creek, and you know where that went. Mm-hmm. Underground. Little, underground, because they just kept building over it. Again, I learned something on every episode of Austin <laughs> Found. Having grown up here, everyone knows Shoal Creek. I didn't know there was a Little Shoal Creek. And it's underground now. And it goes all the way from West Campus down through all those neighborhoods and comes out right near Seaholme. But since they kept building bridges and then roads and then everything on top of it, it's completely underground now. Wow. That's but so then uh, the second family, uh, the, the Evans family, they're the ones who hired an architect to make it into this grand Victorian castle-like building that's there. It's... It's like basically it was a wood structure, and then they come in and just start doing building around building it. stone, which is very common. It turns out I didn't know that, but a lot of the later mansions they kept the cabin inside the whole thing, you know. But yeah, Evans is a very interesting character. That explains a lot because when I I pulled up images of the inside of mm-hmm. of the castle Chateau Bellevue, which we haven't even said yet. It has a warmth to it. Yeah. And it doesn't look like, it's not stone walls. No, it's not no. a, you know what I mean? It doesn't no. look like it, the inside of a castle like you would think. It's very dark, like Victorian homes were, and it has a lot of beautiful glass in it. And uh, it's been restored, and they've been able to trace where it came from. It, uh, we should tell them where it is. Right. 
<laughs> I know. Yeah, good point. And so if you're going west from Congress Avenue on 9th Street, you pass by the old John Henry Fox Central Library. Just as you're about to go down a steep slope, look to your left. Okay. Now, you can't tell from it the side from that side how big it is. But if you're going up Nueces, north on Nueces, and you hit 8th Street, look to your right, and it looks like it's like five, six stories tall because it's up on a cliff. Mm-hmm. And that's where Bellevue is. Okay. This guy, Evans, who decided to make it from a wooden structure right. to a castle. Why? What was this guy's story? Well, he, he's very interesting. He was a, a Union Civil War veteran and a Medal of Honor winner, and he came to town. He was, just must have been a f- fantastic businessman. He co-founded the American National Bank. He was a director for the International and Great Northern Railroad, which was our main railroad, which became Mopac. So the, that train that goes along Mopac, mm-hmm. our main north-south train, that was the great International Great Northern Railroad. And he helped establish what became Houston Tillotson University mm. in East Austin. And there's a building named after him there. He was very much a benefactor and a very interesting guy. Anyway, he was the one who commissioned San Antonio architect Alfred Giles or Giles to build this castle. And because of Evans, there's a walk-in safe in the structure. That's right, because he was a banker and I've been in it. Hmm. There's a, a huge safe in the basement, in one of the basements, that uh, seems real incongruous when you <laughs> open the door and go, whoa. Hmm. But I found a, a, another house, the, the Wilmot house, that had a safe in the basement. So it must have been the thing. If you were back, I mean, was he keeping the public's money in his home? <laughs> Now, that's a great setting for a, a, a film, isn't it? It is. A, a heist in someone, the banker's home. That's right. I don't know. It's very, very interesting. And rumors of ghosts. I'm going to tie this all together where what it's being used for now since the 20s. Right. But it's very, very interesting. But rumors of ghosts in the place, too. You got an old building. It has character. <laughs> People hear ghosts and see ghosts. You've and, seen a hundred of these stories yeah, in yeah. your career here. And right? I'm not knocking them because I've told you one of them on your radio show mm-hmm. about when I was living in an old building and there was the girl crying on the stairs mm-hmm. and I'm not a big believer in these things but I had an experience like that yeah now there's a unique history of how the building has been used and I'll say you can rent it for an event right now. a lot of weddings happen there it seems like a very unique setting in, in downtown Austin but Going back to the 20s, and still to this day, women have used it to network. Right. It became, in the 1920s, Austin Woman's Club, not Women's Club, Woman's Club. And it had some really heavy hitters, and they still own and run the place, Austin Woman's Club. Okay. And some of the heavy hitters early on, the names are going to be familiar, uh, the last names, because they're all kinds of things. They're all over town, right? Like Mrs. Z.T. Scott, well, she's Zachary Scott's mother, who, and that's the namesake for uh, Zach Theater. Mm. The Cassises, the the Nalves, the Moody's, the Pennebackers, the Longs, all these wow. power women. And there's a marvelous book that they still keep that has all their pictures and their writing in it. And I thought that was the most interesting thing in the building. 
and I can't help but think this because I'm, I'm, it's going to come up next where the condition of the building of it needing support. When you, when you think about modern Austin, and there are some very powerful women here, entrepreneurs, this, mm-hmm. this new Austin. Uh, I won't even mention names because I don't. It's not like I'm calling them out to do mm-hmm. this, but there are a lot of movers and shakers and mm-hmm. and and self-made multimillionaires and even billionaires. It would be amazing if to to uh, honor the history of the women that came before him if they, you know, reengage this this networking group and, and because the building itself could use some support, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, it's. Uh, m- well over a hundred years old, and it, it is almost the original structure is almost one hundred and fifty years old. So it always needs upkeep, and the club has done a lot of work on it. And then there's an, a later edition, late twentieth century edition, where they do most of their meeting, which is down in the very lower part of it. But yeah, it could use millions of dollars worth of work, and and it has to be done to preserve the integrity and absolutely you can't just yeah no and i think you're absolutely right the the right thing to do would be for powerful women to come back to this place which was one of the first places that women expressed and exercised their power because Mm -hmm. these women were deciding what was going to be done back in the 20s and 30s and so forth uh networking and why not honor that Another thing that's fascinating is that it served for a long time as a a, a dorm for UT women. Hmm. Pretty far from campus to be a dorm, but uh, I walked from Sixth Street to campus many, many times. That's three blocks less. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a certain type of person that can definitely sympathize with that. <laughs> Me being one of them, I walked downtown. You walk, we've talked about it on the show, you walk this whole city. Well, and, and especially from West Campus to, you know, where the uh, nightlife was, was definitely something that none of us shied away from. Right. But um, it's a fascinating building. It's a beautiful building. If you get a chance to tour it, tour it. Uh, if you have any connections who can, because here's the interesting thing. I mean, all these people that were the big families of the 1920s, some of them still have some money, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. and it'd be nice if they got more deeply involved. Yeah. Pass this episode on to some movers and shakers uh, (laughs) that are women. They might, you never know where somebody's like, they want to get get the you know really infuse some energy and money it's not just the money it's the energy and it's the, the energy networking. and it's the vision it's yeah. especially the vision now yeah. this is something that's going to get me in trouble with the women's club uh-oh but they own the half block behind them that's down at the lower level and they use it for a parking lot hmm. That could be a lot of different things and still respect what's on the eastern side of the block. You know, that you make a great point because we're learning. It's, Austinites are slow to adopt to this, <laughs> but we're learning to live without parking. Yeah. You know, in, in the rideshare world, parking downtown is, is pointless anyway. Yeah. That might be, yeah, that, oh God, what's that dirt or, worth? Or also, they could get. Uh, you know, uh, dedicated lots in the uh, raised parking garage. But I think the right smart developer that comes along, and I'm not saying anything that would clash with Bellevue, 
But that land is worth a lot of money. Now the show has evolved to solving problems, right? <laughs> and also tax problems, because if they held on to oh. the, the rights to the land and they're a nonprofit, they don't have to pay any city taxes. Mm. And imagine what a developer would oh. do with that. Man, listen see, to you. See, you know, <laughs> I'm impressed. I didn't know you were such a real estate mogul. <laughs> Everybody in Austin has to be yeah, a real you, estate. You have to to survive, savvy. right? <laughs> that story, if you want to read that, and, and the whole collection of stories is in volume two of Indelible Austin. Pick up all three volumes. More coming. Volume four in the works. Uh, a, a great gift to anybody who you know would love to know more about Austin. Indelible Austin. And thank you for tuning in to Austin Found. Happy trail. Thank you.